If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. Thursday morning time for our Money Talks feature. Last week, we talked with Simon Angelo. This week, we're back with Farzan Arani. And Farzan, you're still, um, well, off out of country, off the country. I was going to say off the planet, but you're not off the planet. No, I'm the same. I'm, I'm good morning, Paul uh, and listeners. Yes, I'm on the same planet so far until Elon Musk can get me out of here. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm just I'm just traveling, mate. The the whole point is, um, yeah, there's different things happening in different countries, and I'm checking a few things out because when you're on the ground and you're a macroeconomist, you can read what you want in the headlines. But when you're actually on the ground seeing what's really happening is that's when you kind of understand these things. And this is what I'm saying. This is the intelligence my clients get because I'm not just sitting in New Zealand and talking about these things and following articles globally. I'm actually on the ground, but I'm enjoying it. I will be back home shortly. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I'm enjoying the travels. All right. So I want to play you this clip before we go any further. And I want to get your reaction to it. So stand by. You know, the fiscal challenges, et cetera, that are there. So um, uh, very focused on being cost-effective. We actually fund ourselves and then work out what dividend is needed to pay. So um, we kind of work that it's a great business to be in central banking. Um, mm. Print money and people believe it. And um, and, um, <laughs> and uh, touch wood. Um, and so um, so it's, um, it's a slightly different beast. Okay, so they print money and people believe it. Ha, 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 very funny. That's Adrian Orr, I think, at a parliamentary uh, select committee or meeting of some sort, explaining the business model of the central bank. Yeah, I was going to ask you who that was, but I assumed it was Adrian Orr. Mate, as I said, these guys think they're lords of finance and they laugh about these things. But the part I think I heard in there was not only him saying it's a great business model, they decide their own dividends. And I think the cheekiest part was we create money out of thin air and the people believe it. Something along yeah. those lines is what he, he did said. say that, exactly that. And then came the predictable laugh from everybody from the lineup of of his people. It, it, it's the way I see this as a bureaucrats mocking us, mate. Right? It's a it's a common man, people like us who have to go out in the economy, sweat it out, pay our taxes pay everything in the economy. And these guys are actually, well, I wouldn't even call them bureaucrats. They're supposed to be public servants, right? It's our taxes that are paying for their wages and they're mocking us in a way because they get to create money out of thin air and charge whatever rate of interest on it. As I mentioned this before over the last year, hopefully people are waking up and they hear these bureaucrats admitting to their own business model, whereas you and I would have to go earn a wage or start a business and be productive in the economy. They just we just call it mouse click money. They just mouse click. So during COVID, what happened? Um, they created twenty billion in wage subsidy, right? It was mouse click, and magically we had twenty billion running in the economy. There was thirty-five billion LSAP, which was I'd given you an acronym last time as well. So this is exactly what I'm trying to say. They're the bankers bank. And there was something I was doing, I think, research last week. Mate, you will be surprised by this. When you talk about the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, did you know the Reserve Bank of New Zealand actually holds shares in the BIS, which is your bank for international settlements? No. I did not know that. 
And this is what I'm trying to highlight. It, suddenly, you start digging into certain things. So the Reserve Bank of New Zealand holds 3,211 shares. It's only a small percentage of the shares issued of BIS. It's only 0.6%. But why does the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, and it's valued at about $293 million. So why does the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is a shareholder in the BIS? Now, I, I, I just want to explain why. In a way, I, I know the answer because I know how the banking and the central banking system works. So the central banking, let's say, was set up in 1913 with the Federal Reserve of the Titanic ship uh, kind of uh, went underneath. And suddenly we have a central bank in America again. So the second central bank in America, because one of the founding fathers, I think they had abolished the first one because they knew the evils of central banking. So they created a crisis, they created the Federal Reserve. Most people think the word Federal Reserve means it's a government agency. Yeah, it's, it's, a, not, it's a private it, private bank. It is a private. It is a private bank. So they created something called the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve is as federal as the FedEx. It's a private business that can issue money, mask click money again, create money out of thin air <clears throat> to help the banks out whenever they need. And who are the shareholders of the Federal Reserve? It's the bloody U.S. banks themselves. But it is so opaque that you have to dig really deep to understand which banks own what shareholding in the Federal Reserve. So it's like they've set up this little balloon up there and they say, we hold shares in you and you can create money for us whenever we want it. That is essentially what's happening. And this is the same model globally. And that's why I said uh, there's a lady called Daniela, uh, Danielle Deboot, who has written a book called Fed Up. And she used to work at the Dallas Fed. Uh, and she's literally, the book is called Fed Up and says why well, the Federal Reserve is bank from, uh, bad for America. What people got to realize is the system's been put in place since the early 1900s, and they don't want their monetary system to collapse because this monetary system has given them power over the years, and the system's collapsing. And this is exactly why you're seeing how the world is being designed or moved and they create crisis, monetary or otherwise, to get people to go a certain way because they don't want to lose the power. When the monetary system's collapsing, people are waking up. So they have to bridge the gap with the CBDC way quickly. And that's why we knew, as I told you, the system collapsed in, after the global financial crisis. They've just put band-aids and printed lots and lots of this mouse click money just to make stuff seem like it's okay the boat is still afloat ah that just came out of nowhere boat is still afloat um, yeah. and now they'll create a well event they'll create an event we don't know exactly which event is going to trigger it and then they get to be lords again and then the cbdc will get uh put back into the picture and stuff i think a week back i read something where the rbnz has also commented on the new zealand cbdc and how we're trying this pilot, and by the end of 2024, it'll be ready, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I'll stop there if you have any questions, man. Yeah, well, okay, us having a small share in the Bank of International, International Bank of Settlements, whatever it's called. Um, so that, that even though it's small, that means we're, we're in some sort of club. Is that what that yeah, means? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. EIS Bank for International Settlements. We have shareholding of 293 million as of June 2022 in an international bank. This this just keeps going up and up and up, right? And this is the thing I'm trying to say is the they will crash the system when they're ready, not when when we think uh, something might come out of the blue. Um, 
something else to keep in mind is during the, the global financial crisis, uh, Ben Bernanke, who was then the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve, he was asked on several occasions about the banking, uh, the, the housing market and the banking system. And he said, the consumer is strong. There's no problems with the housing market. And they've thrown in a clip in that movie also, The Big Short, where they show you that. And, and and this is the fun part. These guys will, because especially we are the ones who are critically thinking and questioning, but the normal media is just follows the headlines, as I said. So don't follow the headlines. Or the head of the Federal Reserve said the housing market is fine. And then we know what happened three to four months later. Um, the whole world was caught up in this uh, mumbo jumbo. And um, just highlighting something, because it's their speeches that are taken into account, the, something that was noteworthy this week, because I have mentioned uh, the CRE crisis, which is a commercial real estate crisis. And last time it was the housing crisis. This time it's the CRE. They have the Fed chairman this time, Powell. They have a 60 minutes interview just a couple of weeks back. And, and and this is most people who I follow around the world and subscriptions and all of that. They've noticed a certain word in there, which he was asked about the CRE crisis and the bank starting to fail again. Because last March, as I said, three of the biggest banks, three out of the four biggest bank failures happened last year in March. And his words were, yes, certainly more banks will fa will fail. They will be closed or merged. This is the exact quote, right? Yeah. And, and and the head of the Federal Reserve is telling you, certainly. He's not saying maybe. Yes, yeah, certainly. They have been certain. warned. Yeah. Certainly more banks will fail and they will be closed or merged. And what did I tell you guys on the uh, radio a couple of weeks back? Look at China. They've already merged 2,100 rural banks. Now, another, again, I'll share a little bit on the radio because this is mostly for my clients and stuff. But what they're trying to do is... Also, there's too many banks, right? If you're going to launch a CBDC, you want fewer banks. So most people are concentrated into the big boys. And that's how you control an economy and a central bank digital currency. So the, the common sense thing is when banks fail, they will be gobbled up, merged with uh, the bigger banks. Uh, in fact, last year when all of this has happened, JP Morgan has been over the last few years, JP Morgan has had the biggest benefit of getting some of these smaller regional banks. And it's not just what the Fed chairman said. It's Janet Yellen, who used to be the ex-Fed chair in America. She's now the head of the Treasury. And she said, first time, she's always been avoiding no, no, no. In fact, when she was the head of the Federal Reserve, she had said, in my lifetime, there will never be another crisis. And everyone said, this is hubris for her to say that. But just two weeks back again, she said, uh, when she was asked by Congress about the commercial real estate, she herself said, yeah, there's certainly some concerns. Again, the same word, certainly some concerns. Um, so all I can say is banks will start collapsing around the world because this commercial real estate problem is really big. And we talked about um, the U.S. banks and what had happened in uh, Japan's 16th largest bank. It's now affected uh, a couple of banks in Germany as well. Uh, and this will this will spread. Um, I, I heard a commentator out there. I just want to throw a certain number out there. And he said, most people aren't talking about this because it's a three trillion. It's a three trillion dollar asset class globally, and which could be revalued at about one point eight trillion right now. So there's one point two trillion dollars worth of losses sitting on somebody's balance sheets around the world of banks or hedge funds. Or your your superannuation or your Kiwi Saver fund, because be mindful, they are the ones who invest in these kind of things. 
So there's $1.2 trillion of losses hidden somewhere, and they're about to start coming up. So be very careful of that. That's a really big number. Okay, so what you're saying, what you're saying is that the sort of the groundwork is being done to set up for introduction of a whatever form it is, a central bank digital currency, and they'll probably be in the separate countries at first, but then in the end, well, they can be, it can become a global currency, can't it? Um, that's what they're hoping for eventually. But we saw the Nigerian example. They tried to launch CBDC in Nigeria, and because 60 or 65% of the economy was cash, uh, people were burning down banks. There were riots in the yep. streets and all yeah, that kind of stuff. they had to back stuff. off. Yeah, yeah, they had to back off to a bit. But again, I, I know much about a couple more layers below that. Why Nigeria was the place it was launched and all that kind of stuff as well. But I won't go into the geopolitics of it all. But what you got to understand is CBDC is being trialed by most central banks around the world. Yeah. So it is coming. For a reason. They're not doing it for no reason. No. As I said, it's control. They're losing control of um, the monetary system the way it's been set up right now. And it's too obvious because you can, doesn't matter. As I said, I can jump on the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's website and kind of see, well, whatever the information they provide, at least I can see the numbers, right? Now, I was thinking this the other day when I was walking somewhere, and I thought, how do we not know that we're already on a CBDC? Can you do yeah, you, can you think through that question, Paul? Yeah, we we don't know whether we're already on it, right? So they're not going to one day come out and say, hey, guys, everyone in New Zealand, we're trying to let you know we've just launched the CBDC as of this day. And how do you be able to tell the difference? So maybe they're trialing it behind the scenes. As I mentioned, last year when I was in India, the Reserve Bank of India is already trialing it with, I think, 14 major banks out there. So the average Indian has no clue that they could already be using a CBDC because it's just a digital rupee or a digital dollar, and it's all digital on our phone anyways. But uh, people who want to reach out, I'm happy to share uh, that document because they talk about cash and how much cash is being used in the economy. And uh, it's only the old people who are stuck in little villages who don't have access to branches because the banks are bad and they're the ones who are shutting down ATMs and bank branches. We know where this is heading. So you need fewer banks to control this. And um, some other intel I've also been forming is maybe in America, they can't launch this because a lot of states are saying no CBDC. I think Trump's, Trump has come out and said, I will stop this project and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they wow. have something called okay. the cons- Constitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, won't like him for that. <laughs> no, but it's not just him, man. He's just come out now. I think him and uh, Bobby Kennedy both have said that they will block the CBDC. Um, but that just means it's being discussed in open circles. Uh, I think Texas, Florida, uh, Idaho, there's quite a few little red states who have already said in the starting legislation where this can't happen. Um, so out there... Because they have something called the Constitution, uh, the government can't just do that. If, In fact, if you remember, in one of our conversations, we've discussed about gold was just delinked to the yeah. U.S. dollar in 1971. It was supposed to be temporary. So some people are saying, let's bring back gold and silver. Um, I don't think they'll let that happen. Uh, but having said that, there's a state in America who's actually uh, trying to set up gold back currency. Because when the whole system breaks down, trust breaks down, and you still have to buy food and you still have to buy stuff in the economy. So they're trying to shield their state economies uh, from these little stupid things that are happening. 
But I think because of the constitution, they can't launch a CBDC there. So watch out for something like COVID, okay? Uh, where they will then, you know how organizations said, oh, you can't do this unless, you can't have a job unless you get a vaccine or you can't yep, do this unless sure. you have yep. a mask and all that kind of stuff. They might try and do it in some of the Western democracies through the banks. So they won't say it's a, it will still be a CBDC, but it'll be through the banks. And the naughty boys will be debanked. The naughty boys, the naughty girls will be debanked. Yeah. Uh, and look, it's not the government doing it this time. It's just the bank and they are allowed because it's a private business. They can decide who to debank and who not to. Remember Nigel Farage last year? Yeah, I'm, I was just thinking of him, right, as you were saying. Yeah, that. because they said, oh, it, it, it could just be negative publicity for our bank. And that's why we debank this person. And they might go down that route in some countries is what I'm trying to say, whereas the BRICS countries might just have a direct-to-consumer model. I'm trying to study some of those things. At some stage, if you want, we'll do a CBDC kind of a thing, uh, because, again, I want to yep. highlight to people the impact this could have on our lives. Okay, and just you know, going back to that clip we played of Adrian Orr and his people having a laugh over the line um, that uh, we print money and... Um, or, or we create money out of thin air, or, or kind of, I, I can't remember the exact words, but, uh, and and people believe it. Um, okay, they had their little jolly moment there, but what that tells me, or the alarm bell that that rings, is they think we're stupid. Well, if you are not aware of something, then they consider us to be stupid, right? And this is how they kept the population uh, uneducated about these kind of things about how money works. And this is what I'm trying to do, man. This is my kind of life's purpose now to wake people up to this and maybe educate the population to how all of this works. But then you are stupid because you don't know what's happening. And and this is what I'm saying. Last day, we were talking about, uh, I don't know if you watched the interview between um, Tucker Carlson and uh, Vladimir Putin. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, yeah. So now if you start sharing the truth, there's something wrong with you and you're a right wing and this and that. So truth has just become a uh, taboo, so to speak. And as I said, whatever I say is I have proof for it. I have it on their own websites. I have worked in the banking system. I can tell you how it works. But as I said, some of the banks themselves don't know, or senior executives in banks don't know how the monetary system works. Uh, and I told you last week, I actually found it on the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's website. It's uh, the paper, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's called, I think, Creation of Money, if you try and find it on the RBNZ's website. And they have this cute little little graph and shows you how one person wants to buy a house and how the banks just mouse click the money into existence and put their house on their balance sheet. And this is the hubris. They do create money. Yeah, they're not hiding and the banks, They're not hiding it. Well... See, the world, this is what I'm saying, Paul. They were hiding it, but yeah. the world is waking up too quickly because, well, okay, let me let me give you one. The thing with human beings is when change is gradual, it's very gradual, people don't notice stuff, right? Even inflation, we didn't notice it because we thought inflation was just something, some economic concept out there, 2 3%, which means I'll get a 2 or 3% pay rise. But now people said, what is this inflation? Why are things getting expensive? And as I've explained... It's because of the money printing that there's inflation. So now people are going, oh, 8 or 9%. So everything's going to get more expensive by 8 or 9%. People are waking up because now they're seeing change and sudden notice. They're suddenly starting to notice big changes happening around them. And that's the thing with human beings. People are paying more attention. And even on this radio uh, money talk show, people are jumping in. I'm getting good feedback uh, from the producer of your show. 
And that's the thing, because people are waking up and saying, the mainstream media ain't going to tell me this. So I might as well listen to Fazan and Paul, because that's when I'll yeah. get some of my information from. Um, but people are waking up and they're actively seeking information because they're going, something's not right. So this is what I'm trying to say. The analogy is when it's happening slowly, people don't notice it. Frog but in since the pot. COVID, the frog, frog in the, in the pot. pot. But, but yeah. since COVID, this has been sped up now, because as I said, the system's breaking down, mate. How many more times? Again, it was breaking down last March as well. As I said, they increased interest rates, supposedly, quote unquote, to fight inflation. So the bonds were underwater. So three banks already collapsed. And there were problems in Europe, I can tell you right now as well. Obviously, we talked about uh, one of the biggest European banks failing Credit Suisse. So they had to do something. Again, it's a stopgap for a year. So they created this thing called BTFP, Bank Term Funding Program. They said, okay, your sh- bonds were, let's say, $1,000 face value. They're only 600 right now. Uh, you're in deep poo-poo. So give it to us. we the Reserve Bank, quote-unquote, Adrian Orr, as you see. Give it to us. We'll give you the full $100. Don't worry about what it's actually worth today. We'll give you the full $100. Make your balance sheet whole. And let's pretend that it never happened. The thing in America right now is it's coming to end in March. And the Federal Reserve has come out and said, we are not extending this. Um, But for my clients, some of them will know that they've created another way of creating liquidity in the system. So another gap, they fixed this for one year. And as you can see, they made an announcement it's going to end in March this year. And you're already starting to see banks fail. Okay, this is a big problem. The commercial real estate problem isn't going away because some of these properties are being valued 60% lower and somebody has to bear the brunt of it. Money okay. doesn't disappear into money heaven. Okay, and um, the other thing I wanted to um, cover with you uh, before our time's up, and that is um, late last week, ASB came out with their financial performance and I'm okay it's one bank but I'm wondering if this will kind of paint a picture for all of them to varying degrees their half year profit fell by 11% to 749 million it's a lot but uh, they had a record profit last year over 800 million net interest margin dropped by 26 basis points to 2.21% net interest income decreased by 7% to 1.4 billion, while other operating income dropped by 10% to 237 million. So, do you want to comment on those figures? Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, mate. This is so banks are going to have smaller profits, but they were really fat and they've just been trimmed back a little bit. As I mentioned previously, let me explain the simple thing. When, when interest rates are really low, it's good for the banks because their margins, they can build fat in the margin. So that's their NIM, which is your net interest margin. If 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 I'm buying money at 2%, because that's what I'm giving you on a term deposit and I'm charging 55 6% on a mortgage, that's my biggest spread. But when the interest rates, when I have to start giving uh, more money on deposits, my margins are getting uh, smaller. So they're losing that, obviously, as interest rates have gone up. So really low interest rates are really good for banks. And as I mentioned before, it's a 40-year cycle that's turned, okay? Interest rates aren't going down. In fact, I mentioned last week, they were saying, oh, it's the inflation is back in the control. And uh, that means the Reserve Bank might start dropping interest rates. That was the conversation already last year towards the end of last year, because as I mentioned, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand stopped increasing interest rates, interest rates, I think, in May last year. 
So we've been on pause for a good seven months, and the industry obviously has to say, oh, look, interest rates, he's, he stopped, which means now he's going to go backwards. That's market interest, whether it's the bank saying that, so their housing prices can start recovering, or whether it's people who sell shares and market, uh, uh, your normal markets and stock exchanges, which are kind of addicted, addicted to cheap money. And that is why people are just bidding prices of these shares up. But it's funny because you mentioned something, Something about, I, I think you said this was ASB, right? I, I think I had a quick read through that. I, I had kind of taken a screenshot on my phone of a comment from an ASB senior economist. I'm looking, I've just opened it right now, called Mark Smith. Yep. And, and this is the funny thing, because last week I said something about inflation, and I told you about uh, tradable inflation and non-tradable inflation. And I told you inflation is going to keep going up. So there was a let's be shocked today that uh, inflation is actually quite sticky. They're coming out and saying, but this is what the ASB economist actually said was, um, what 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 the issue is is he's saying food prices have gone up and all of that. That's okay, but do you know air travel prices have come down? And I'm thinking, are you serious? You're so out of touch with the common man that it is not funny anymore with these guys because the the, the simple thing is they're saying our oh, food prices only are four percent um but air i can't remember the exact number but air air flights uh, domestic travel was down by 12 percent how often do you fly within the country bo so this is yeah, how i um, told you they'll manipulate the data not much i, I don't not have compared to going to the supermarket and buying food no, and I, I, unfortunately, I don't have that uh, screenshot when I tried to open it. So this is the hubris. But just based on that article, I think CBA, which was uh, the parent yep. of uh, ASB, um, has also taken a dip. I think I read something, um, obviously, because it's all interconnected. Uh, but ASB still has to pay homage, so to speak, to its parent, right? Let's be honest. Um, there was Fletcher, I think, also. Um, yeah, that's the other story that they've lost. I think 120 million was the figure I saw, and the CEO has uh, fallen on his sword. I think the chairman and the CEO both have fallen oh, on, both. The, okay. on, on the sword. Uh, one of them resigns, I think, around June or something. One's gone immediately. But I had uh, kind of looked at that number just to kind of say, yeah, so 120 million loss. And the announcement is all oh, because we had this leaky pipe building rubbish in Perth or something, and we're not liable for it and all of that. The blame game starts. But what I, I think I mentioned last week, you might, and I mentioned prior as well, you might go to sleep one day and you might wake in the morning and half, your portfolio has just been halved because there's there's flash market crashes that happen. And when we're sleeping in New Zealand, the rest of the world is still operating and their share market is still operating. But to give you an example, with Fletcher, they had actually put a trading halt on um uh, i think uh, the pre the monday before they were announcing the results yes they did they did yeah yeah and and that is because now as i told you about the japanese bank people know and they have to clean up their balance sheets right so they have to come clean with some of these things but if you if, if you think about this their share prices were already down okay before the trading halt by i think about 15 or 16% and when this announcement was made, the share prices dropped even further. Now, what I want people to think through, people just look at this, oh, is this a one-off with those pipes and leaky buildings and all of that? So it's done. 
read the statements underneath it because what I read was, I think their earnings, the EBIT, which is your earnings before interest and tax, was down 27% in a year alone. I think it was around the 360 mark down to about the 260 mark. So what you got to understand is it's not just this one-off write-off, but the their earnings before interest and tax are down as well, 27% in six months. That means construction is not happening in the economy. Everything's slowing down. Um, think about this same model with banks now, okay? So it's not only that their funding pressures are going up, it's also their margins are being squeezed, which means their profits are going to get smaller. But what I'm just trying to explain is you might go to sleep. One of these organizations might be on a trading halt. Suddenly you wake up, you might hold shares in banks or financial companies or whatever, something else. And you might just wake up and you can't even sell the shares because there's a trading halt. And suddenly you wake up and your $200,000 portfolio of shares in that bank or whatever it is might be 100000 in two days' time. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. So you just got to watch out for these kind of little things, not get too cocky. Um, and I, I just want to bring up something because one of your, one of your uh, listeners had said something along the lines of Kin Fazin discussed this uh, conversation. And I think it was uh, about a beautiful book that's come out in November called The Great Taking by David Webb. And I would love to discuss it because most of my clients have had access to it since November. I flipped it to some clients. It's out there for anyone to read. And this guy used to be a hedge fund manager, David Webb, and he literally shut down his computer, well, disconnected his computer to everything, to the internet, so he could not be stopped writing this book. And it's called The Great Taking, so just go to greattaking.com, and people, start reading this book, right? Because there have been things put in place for when the system collapsed, for them to take your assets off you. And since November, this guy's become a hit and he's being interviewed around the world. So if you get an opportunity as well. Yeah. But I think one of your viewers had asked me to share my views on it uh, because you can't just take it from one point of view. And uh, knowing the really smart macroeconomist heads, they said, if they do that, pretty much there'll be riots in everywhere around the world. Uh, the, gist of the, the gist of the story is this is happening in the Great Depression where the Federal Reserve shut down all banks and only allowed some banks to open. But the way it's been set up for the last 40 years is we think we own shares in a bank or we own shares in a company, like let's say Fletcher. I dare anyone to show me their own share certificate right now. It's not. Everything is on exchanges. Everything's with your broker. And as I mentioned, I'd already mentioned this at least six months back. Counterparty risk, look at derivatives, and... Um, if you don't hold it, you don't own it, okay? And the precedence had been set during the global financial crisis, and he provides links to proper uh, court documents where the protected class, what we call, is certain organizations, not going to help all the banks, but they will help certain organizations to sweep up all these assets, and that's your great taking. Or as we've said, WEF says you will own nothing and be happy. Okay, yep. so yep. I'm happy to share my views on that. I don't think it can happen so blatantly, but the beauty of it is because this information's got out since November is the time when he's launched his book. I already knew it through other sources, certain things and all that stuff, but he's actually put in a very simple book. So go to greattaking.com. It's out there. You already know the plan. That's why they say you'll own nothing and be happy, right? So, uh, but since November, he's been on YouTube. He's been on a certain few podcasts. The word's getting out. There's legislators in America who are now waking up to the fact and they're trying to 
pass laws. I think it was again in Idaho or Missouri where they were trying to do this kind of stuff, where they're trying to block this. Um, but you don't own your own shares. Your shares are again being rehypothecated, as in you gave me, you gave it to your broker, and these as guys, as I said, have derivative bets, and they have to put up this collateral, whether it's been using government bonds or whether it's share portfolios and all of that. When they lose, you lose because they have to now hand over these assets instead of it being your asset, they'll just hand over the asset over because that was the collateral and these are the protected class they actually have documents that they call this the protected class so anyone look up the great taking at david webb and you'll realize what the hell is already happening and as i said my clients are already aware of a lot of this so if you want to get in touch with me please do because we're getting close to that what do you call it the 12 o'clock mark or whatever but yeah yeah midnight Midnight. midnight or midday or midnight, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you're thinking about it, don't wait too long. This is the year everything's going to happen. So if you're just sitting around thinking, oh, yeah, leave it on a term deposit for another six months or 12 months, I'm not saying any bank in New Zealand is going to collapse. Don't get me wrong. Um, and you're not, you're, not giving like out, you're not giving out financial advice here. This is just Fin your opinion. No, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's my opinion. I'm giving people access to these books. I haven't written the book. Uh, go read the book. Yeah. Uh, if you're really interested in how it works and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he's now in Sweden and he moved to Sweden from the U.S. because there they had certain laws that protected his right to his own assets. And over the years, that's gone as well. And he's now a farmer. He's farming, actually. Okay. Uh, but he decided it was his duty to actually share this information with the world, which he has. But again, I, I, I again, the people, some of the people I follow, some people said this is the way if, if they were going to do it, this is the way they can easily do it. And uh, there's some people saying it just can't be done because more people are waking up. They know what the hell is going on. Um, and also it just means that all, all parliaments, all government buildings will be burned the next morning. Um, because if you just lose everything, um, yeah, what well, you the, thought was your asset, people the are person not with nothing to lose is the most dangerous person around. So, yeah. Well, exactly. And I said, but 90% of the people will lose still. Okay. So because mm -hmm. you signed a contract somewhere on the dotted yeah. line somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but as I said last year, derivatives and counterparty risk because that is a counterparty holding on to your shares even if this scenario didn't happen your shares sit with your share broker or with the platform that you trade on uh this yeah, was also no, not, shown not in the, the drawer at home with you physically no 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 exactly and the, and the whole thing is as i said they've shown this during the global financial crisis and that movie as well when they place the bets they place the bets but your bet could not be paid out because the counterparty might go bust so you saw in the end of the go shot uh, uh whatever that movie is not coming to me right now but um they actually show you but they're like this is it we have to sell it now we have to sell our options now because the counterparty if they go bust how are you going to, you might have the best insurance in place, but if your insurance company goes bust, yeah, it doesn't matter. The whole matter. thing falls down. Yeah, no, I get The I whole thing it. falls down. Yeah. That is it. So this is what people don't understand. And I can't share too much of this on the radio because it just won't connect properly. Yep. That's why I have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. To explain well, if people it, want to get in touch, Farzan, just remind them how they can do that. Yeah, uh, successsimplified.life. Uh, read what's on the page. And if you think uh, you might be interested in talking to me, please flick me an email um and uh, we'll take it from there good to catch up again thanks farzan and i look forward to talking again on money talks here at rcr always a pleasure paul thanks mate cheers thanks for tuning in to rcr reality check radio do you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to either way we want to hear from you 
get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to hear from you. So connect with us today.